Father, we pray over the electrical systems. We pray over the electricity will not go out in this building in Jesus' name because of storms or any other reason. I just pray over this equipment. We speak over the PowerPoint presentations, all of the video projectors. And we say, devil, we know what you love to do in meetings like this. And we say, you will not, in Jesus' name, you will not prevent this message from going out. No microphone problems in Jesus' name. God's will. That's what they say. People say, it's God's will. That means God can do anything he wants, so why pray? They say, you pray for something. Okay, he didn't answer my prayers. Well, it's God's will. Well, if it's God's will, why did I even pray in the first place? He's going to do what he wants anyway. We gave it all up to superstition, primitive superstition, primitive shit. There's an invisible man in the sky looking down, keeping track of what we do, make sure we don't do the wrong thing. If we do, he puts us in hell and we burn forever. Primitive shit. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. Welcome, everybody. I think we've got a great show again for you today. We've got some good stories to talk about. We've got some uh, responses to our last show that we have to lay into. Uh, we got some <laughs> ratings on iTunes, which were... <laughs> Yeah, we sure did. Uh, you know, and we also had a fast turnaround here, time here, Tom. This is probably one of the fastest turnaround times for a podcast we've ever done. One of? Yeah. One of? <laughs> what, what fucking show are you on? <laughs> okay, fair enough. This is definitively the fastest turnaround time, but people seem to really like the show, and so we really want to put forth an effort to, to do these as often as we can. Um, typically, I think that's going to mean once a week for you. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, let's not let's not fucking put the horse before the cart here, Tom. And by put, tip- we're going to say, OK, uh, uh, we're going to try to put them out at a more frequent basis, but we are not going to put a number on that. How's that? No, no, no. <laughs> there's see, I guess I guess what people need to understand is there's what I try to do. Yeah. Right. And then there's what I do. Do, right, do. Right, right. And those two, there's a wide and, and, and insurmountable gulf <laughs> between those two things, right? Like, I, I I am a guy who's always trying to do something. Sure, and sure. And never succeeding at right. any of them. So, right. But we do have some great stories. We did get some great feedback. So we'll go ahead and uh, get it right into our stories. We, Lord, we just ask to, to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord. Open hearts. It's depressing that we can turn a show around this quickly, you know, we, four or five days from the last time that we recorded, and find yet another case of um, horrifying abuse in the name of, of religion. Again, directed at kids. It's... it's um, it's pretty awful, but this is a story I think that we need to talk about a little bit, um, in part because I got into a little bit of a Facebook conversation that I want to discuss for a moment as well, uh, because I do think it's it's kind of telling. Liveleak.com um, has a uh, link to an Anderson Cooper uh, story that, that we listened to about a uh, little girl who um, her foster parents decided that they were uh, not going to spoil the child, 
So in order to not spoil the child, they did not spare the rod. And it turns out they didn't spare the child either. Yeah, it, it turns out, yeah. Because they just beat her to death. That is not sparing the uh, child at all. Um, the rod in this case was a plumbing implement. Oh, God. Um, which, was, which was pretty awful. And uh, all these kids, they've got, you know, fucking half a dozen or more kids. At some point, you just got to stop counting them, you know, and just sure. listing them off. But um, they, they had a whole shitload of kids. And, you know, from all accounts, looking at them, they all appeared to be happy. The only thing I think that would mar that happiness is being fucking beaten to death with plumbing implements. Um, the story is actually a remarkably sad one. It's about six and a half minutes long. If you want to feel awful, we'll link to it and you can watch it. But it really is pretty, I think, a pretty awful story. This little girl was beaten for seven hours. Um, she, she died in such a way that her cause of death, they said, is uh, like a form of trauma that uh, is usually they only see among bomb victims um, because it's it was so severe and pervasive. So... Um, the the real part of the story, though, is that this guy thought he was following a religious mandate. He was actually following um, n- not just the Bible, which does say, you know, to uh, not spoil the child and not spare the rod. But uh, th- there's a guy who wrote a book, you know, to sort of help parents along like a like a self-help, like a parenting book. Sure. Because anybody can write one. Sure. You know, but it was like parenting with the Bible. And he suggests beating your kids with actual rods. And they interview the guy on this thing. And they ask him, why can't you just, if you're going to spank your kid, why can't you just use your hand? And the guy leans over and he smacks the reporter a couple of times with his hand on the leg. And he's like, see that? That doesn't even hurt. Like the whole idea is like, well, it's not creating enough pain unless you use something. Doesn't he say something like it's not, it's moving your whole body. See how it's moving your whole body? And you're like, oh, what? Well, then why not use a blade then? Because that's the that's the smallest cross section you could use on somebody's body. Just <laughs> whack them with a cleaver, because you know you want to make sure it's a smaller cross section than your hand, dude. You know, like one of the things he says too, Tom, which I I couldn't believe he even said it, because you know the show is called Cognitive Dissonance. Listen to this, this fucking douchebag sitting there and says. Uh, let's say your son hit your uh, hit your daughter. What would you do? And he's like, "Well, I would take my son in the other room and I would say, "Well, now, Billy, you inflicted violence on your on my on your sister. In our society, we do not inflict violence on one another. So I'm going to beat you." <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Does, what the fuck does that tell your kid, man? Like you sh- you know, that's like your parent with a fucking uh, you know a scotch in one hand, cigarette hanging out of their mouth, be like, "Don't smoke and drink." Right. You know? Yeah. Your fucking brain thinker isn't working, buddy. Fucking a, I mean, man. And, and the thing is, like, here's where, here, here's, here's part of the breakdown, right? So people think that, you know, if, if you uh, spare the rod and spoil the child, um, you got to beat your kids if they do wrong. Um, there's no science. The science all points in the other direction. All of it. It all, all points in the other direction. That... Physically disciplining your children is unnecessary and ineffective. It's not the it's from a parenting perspective. There's a lot of studies that have been done on this sort of thing. And none of them are like, yeah, you know, it's a great idea. Swatting the kids with sticks. Right. Nobody fucking suggests that shit. The only people that can get away with suggesting that shit are religious nuts. Sure. 
because they can point to their crazy book and be like, well, crazy book says to hit them with a stick. And then you take that, that, that book and you read it hyper literally and you say, well, we actually have to hit them with a rod because that's what we've got. Because it says rod in there. It doesn't say hit them with your hand. We got to hit them with a rod. So now I get a rod to hit this kid with. And now I'm whacking the shit out of my kid with a rod because that's what God wants me to do. And God's not going to tell me to do something that's bad for my kid. And look, I read this book that tells me all this stuff. Look, it's right there. It's right there in the infallible word of God in my holy book. And, you know, at the end of the day, I killed my own kid. I fucking beat him to death. It really is the fucking end of the day because they spent an entire fucking day beating their kid. Like they That's they fucking insane. spent an entire 7 hours beating. They said the beating was only interrupted by prayer sessions. What were you uh-huh. waiting for the fucking command to stop? Right, like give me the cosmic stops. I didn't see a cloud in the form of a stop beating your kid sign. So I just kept I don't <sighs> I, I understand that there's 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 a reasonable argument to make that like well this person was clearly an abuser this person was clearly somebody who was who wanted to hit this kid because you can't beat somebody for seven hours without seven hours I can't do any look I couldn't beat off for seven <laughs> hours right like you can't do anything you give it the old college try though <laughs> hey we were all fifteen once you know dad's going away for the weekend. <laughs> Curry, what are you doing? Nothing. I can't go out this week. I've got busy plans for an extended period of time. But you, you know, there's very few things you can do for seven hours right. without putting a lot of dedication into <laughs> no that shit. Kidding. And that's physical um, exertion for seven hours. Like, right. like you know, people don't even dig ditches for seven hours. I'm so tired of beating this kid. Like, what could this person have possibly done? I don't know. What you, where Lord of the Rings has ended, and yeah, you're still whack, no whack, whack. <laughs> Like they defeated Sauron in less time than it took you to beat your fucking. Yeah, what? Kid. I mean, you would. I would imagine that what the kid did was beat a kid for eight hours. That's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know the argument, of course, is going to be made. Like I said, that you know it wasn't religion that did this. This was a deranged person. This is somebody who is, has violence and sure, you know, and that and, that's and, a yes. factor. That's a factor. I, right, but the justification. Is religious, right? You cannot parse them out and say, "Well, this was the you know the, the religious belief had nothing to do with it." You cannot. You simply cannot do that, right? Do I think that it had everything to do with it? No, I don't. Of course not. But do I think it was a fucking clearly a factor? Yes, it was clearly yeah, a fucking factor. Because you know what? If I'm a deranged motherfucker that likes to beat kids, and I believe that God's on my side, what's there to stop me? Right. Nothing. Evidently. This, this is a video, I, you know, this this video is, is kind of not safe for life. You know what I mean? It's one of those no, videos where you're just like, not. You, like, you watch it and you hear the 911 call and then you hear oh. the police officers in the background and the girl's like, I just threw up. Um, is there any way I could take a, I've been beaten so much, I threw up. Now think about that just first off. Think about somebody getting beaten so much by their own fucking parents that they threw up. And then they're like, I might have to take the fucking bucket with me in the ambulance because I might have to throw up again. Or die. Yeah. And the girl yeah. nearly dies. Two of them. I mean, this is two girls, I thought. Right. Yeah. The the, the other little girl that, that's on the 911 tape, they ask her, like, where do you get hit? And she's like, on my back and on the bottoms of my feet. God, that's so ridiculous. 
That's what they do. I mean, that's a torture method. That's that's an that's an ancient torture. Well, it's method. a way in which DCFS doesn't get called too, right? Beat them on the bottoms of their feet. They can't see. You can't see it. Right now, run and play. Yeah. Oh, that sucks so bad. <laughs> well, these parents deserve every bit of fucking legal justice that comes their way. Well, and the mom only gets twelve years. the The father gets the father gets like please to torture and murder. And I think he gets 25 years. Not long enough. Not long right. enough. Not not anywhere near long enough. You know, everybody has the Facebook flame wars. And I don't want to do a blow to blow about a Facebook flame war because it really wasn't a flame war that was that was uh, part of this. But I did get into a, a little bit of a back and forth with somebody who's like, well, you know, not all Christians are like that. And, you know, one of the things that he said is he's like, well, you know, clearly, you know, no God would would want you to do that. That's, you know, it's, it seems clear that, you know, beating your kid to death, you know, no God would, would ask you to mm. do that. Well, mm. not the case. Mm. It's not, not at all the case. First of all, um, God does ask you to kill people in the Bible. Like he asks, he, he asks Abraham to kill his son. Right. Um, he asks you to kill all kinds of people that don't uh, abide by his petty little tyrannical rules. You know, you're supposed to stone damn near everybody you meet to death. You know, that's why I carry a pocket of quartz around. Hey, your name Bill? I'm Stoneham. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but it's it. First of all, that's that's not accurate. But I guess the 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 other problem I have is you've got a book here that is terribly unclear. Right. 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 This guy thought he was doing the thing the book wanted him to do. He thought he was well within the bounds of his book. He was actually following the advice of somebody else who thought he was well within the bounds of his holy text. Sure. Instead of using common sense, yes, common sense, reason, hu- humanity, compassion, those things would all tell you not to pick up a plumbing instrument and beat your kid with it. I mean, there's, there's no, I've got a kid. There's no part of me that is ever like, man, really wish I could beat my kid with a stick. Like, I've never wanted to beat him with a stick. I've been frustrated with him. But I've never been like, God, I wish I had a stick to beat him with and a reason to do it. That's because that's crazy. Because that's crazy. Finn, take these matches. I want you to go do something with them right now. <laughs> you know, that's that's insane. It's the, the problem is you can't you can't decide. You can't pick and choose. You know, right. that's that's not being religious. That's being bad at it. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. To me, it's pretty simple. A person either believes that God created this process or believes that it was an accident and that it just happened all on its own. So moving on to another story, this is a uh, this is actually a very good story. The um, Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals um, said that uh, James Corbett, who's a teacher who made some uh, disparaging comments uh, actually, actually, some funny comments because I'm mean spirited. But he made some uh, disparaging comments about uh, uh, Christianity in his classroom, um, and he was sued. He was taken a task for it, and he was sued. Um, he was sued um, under the notion that um, he was violating uh, the establishment clause um, by being critical of religion. Um, and at first, he lost. He lost his, his first his first case. Um, his case was overturned on appeal. I think it's a great thing that his case was overturned on appeal. He's, he basically called um, creationism religious superstitious, superstitious nonsense, um, which, of course, we know it to be. Yeah. But uh, he was sued for it by, by a student who 
it came up with 22 different instances um, where he was anti, you know, he made anti-religious remarks. And uh, you know, I can't even believe he lost the first case, to be honest with you. You should be able to, as a teacher, to, to not have sort of carte blanche to be critical of right. things. Especially if you look like Jeff Bridges. I think you should be the able to. The guy looks to. totally like Jeff Bridges. <laughs> especially you should oh be God, able to. Oh, my God, fucking dude. <laughs> totally is the dude, isn't it? <laughs> I think that when you're a teacher, it's hard to get this um, because, you know, you're forced. There's force. There's sort of these forces outside of you. They're always pushing your curriculum to change in different ways. And specifically when things start to push towards that more Christian right ideal of, you know, creationism and intelligent design and, you know, those sorts of things, you've got to be getting more frustrated with it because it's creeping into a lot of different districts and people are sort of hearing about it in different ways. And, and all these different districts are, are then forced to, or either, you know, like not maybe forced to, but they, they sort of adopt the teach the controversy things. And as a teacher, you've got to be more, you've got to be frustrated about it. And sometimes you just got to speak out and say, look, this is ridiculous. It's a silly thing. It makes no sense. You're starting with the conclusion and working your way back. That's not how science works. Figure out how science works and start with, you know, a valid hypothesis and work your way through the, through the scientific method. And then we'll talk. But until then, intelligent design and creationism is not science. It's, it's a way to look at the universe. But it is not a scientific way to look at the universe. Right. And, you know, I, I think we want to have teachers in our classrooms that are able to have some intellectual freedom to be critical of things. Right. That's – God, if you, I mean, if you can't protect that, um, you really what, – what the hell is the point of sending your kids off to school? You know, so if a kid, if if a teacher can't promote critical thinking by being a critical thinker himself, right, or herself, right, it's not that's not the fucking win. Yeah, it's good news, and I hope that I hope that more places will will start realizing. I know that in Texas there was a big thing where they just recently overturned something with uh, with intelligent design too. Everywhere it starts, like it's always these small little places that it gets uh, injected in, trying to sneak it past, and people start taking notice of it and say, "No, no, no, we don't want to teach this. We don't want to have this." And you talk to the average person on the street, and most of them will say, "Oh, well, I'd like to teach the controversy." But the problem is, is that they don't understand that there is no controversy. I mean, there's certainly no controversy with with regard to the science, right? I mean, right. there's a political controversy. Sure. And you could talk about that. I think it would be perfectly legitimate to discuss the political controversy in a social studies class, in a civics class, to say like, hey, you know, we're right now embroiled in a controversy between these two groups of people within our society. And let's look at the things that they want and the perspectives with which they're, you know, coming at this question. But you cannot do that in a science classroom. What do you, what's the science of creations? You know, how does that work? So you, 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 you go through the irreducible complexity argument and you say, you know, it all has to come from a designer and you ignore, you know, tens of thousands of pages of actual research. And then you finally get back to the to the creator. Right. And then you say, OK, so there must be a creator. Well, OK, that's not science. First of all, that's logic. It's flawed, but it's still logic. But it's not science. Like you haven't used a science yet. Right. You've just used a logical argument. And, and that's not the same fucking thing. You can't, you can't logic your way into truth. You can use logic to understand evidence, but 
That's the whole thing with the scientific method is it's fucking provable, verifiable, falsifiable. You know, that it's it's a method. And if you if you abandon the method, you abandon science. Right. I think one of the you know, the major two reasons why that creationism even still has a hold. um, And I think one, it has to do with sort of the American spirit. Right. There's sort of this feeling like uh, like almost like we need to vote on things like we need to vote and figure out which which one we want to do, which one's better, that sort of thing. And so yeah. they want to present two things to the students and the students will figure out which is better. And, you know, there's another there's another idea that if my area votes to teach intelligent design, well, then the parents in the area want intelligent design to be taught. Well, that's that doesn't matter, because if you know, like then wh- why don't you vote on what two plus two equals? You know, you're, right. not, you're not doing that. You're not voting on, well, we want to say 2 plus 2 equals 4.1. Well, you know, you're not doing that. What you're doing is you're, 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 you're choosing one of the topics that, is, that, that there's facts for, and you're saying, well, we don't want to pay attention to those facts. The other major factor that influences people's decision on whether or not intelligent design should be taught uh, is uh, the idea of the, the concept of theory – in the colloquial sense and theory in the scientific sense. People really don't understand what theory means when it comes to scientific uh, uh, notation, when it comes to scientific tense. They don't understand it. They think theory means, well, I got a theory on this, and that means uh, I kind of have a guess. That's what they think yeah. it means. It's not a hunch. It's not a guess. It's not a hunch. But, you know, when you start confusing these terms, you know, when you start throwing around the colloquial theory – and just I, I got into it once with somebody, uh, my wife's work about this. And they kept saying, like, it's just a theory. And I kept saying, you don't understand what the word theory means in a scientific context. Right. You just keep saying the word. You just keep doing it. Like repeating yourself is not is not going to help solve this disconnect here. I'd like you to tell me that you are and have been a false prophet. And that God is a superstition. Rick Perry suggests the same thing. Well, yeah, of Rick course. Perry, does. this is a guy who is, you know, running for president of the country. Could be possibly president of the United States. Tells a boy that uh, evolution is just a theory. Suggests that they teach it in Texas, which I do not believe that they do. Um, which is kind of funny because then he doesn't even know what's being taught in his own fucking state curriculum. And then. You know, says, I think kids are smart enough, you know, to pick and choose which one they think is right. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but that's not how education should work either. That would be the only instance. It would be the only instance where you say, well, I'm just going to teach these two things to young, impressionable people and let them make up their mind. You know, I guess it would be one thing, Cecil, if we had a we had a, a educational tradition of doing this. You know, if we had an educational tradition of... um Taking topics, presenting multiple sides of the argument, and saying, hey, hey, we're teachers, but we don't know, so here's the evidence. Go ahead and and, uh, pick and choose. I don't know about you, Tom, but when I got taught the Second World War, the Nazis in the United States, they were both equals. Nobody in my class was like, oh, well, the Nazis did the wrong thing. They were just like, they're like, oh, well, they're the Nazis. And they just chose to do these things. And we're going to leave it up to you to decide whether or not the Nazis were right or wrong. Right. Right. 
No other subject is taught like this. No, no other, no other subject in science is taught like this. No other subject in the social sciences is taught like this. Right. You know, and let's, let's, let's be honest. Um, you can't give kids the evidence and ask them to pick and choose. What, what, what age do you decide? Okay. I can give, you know, vast amounts of scientific data to a kid. Like what age is that? Is it 13? Is it 14? At at what age can you say, okay, guys, you know, here we go. We're going to talk about the controversy now between evolution and creationism. So I'm going to give you creationism, which any idiot can understand because it doesn't have any science. So it's just a bunch of, you know, buzzwords strung haphazardly together. And then I'm going to give you evolution, which can get kind of complicated and difficult. You pick which one you want to support. There's no way for them to write these books in a way that doesn't really tell them what they think they want them to think. Of course. Right? There's no way you can write this book and just, like, regurgitate a shitload of data because there's a ton of data on fucking evolution. What, are you going to truckload that shit into the classroom? Or are you going to condense all, all the, the major arguments into something that resembles a summary and then give it to them? Well, right. I mean, that's that's what lay people always get, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing that kind of makes me mad. It's like, well, you got to look at the evidence. Really? No, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't have the time because that's a full-time job to be an evolutionary biologist. Right. Nobody does that as a hobby. You know, it's not like fucking model rocketry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, in my garage, I've got a little uh, evolutionary science lab. Sure, sure. You know, that's, I'm, you know, I've got generation after generation of, of bacteria and I'm uh, exposing them to different stimuli to see how they change over time. That's what I do in my garage. <laughs> Nobody does that. It's absurd, right? Like, nobody's like, oh, what are you reading, Bill? Oh, you know, great. You know, I'm sitting at the beach, and I just picked up this the great new article from Nature, and it's, you know, it's about... No. Yeah. Nobody does that. Right. Nobody fucking does that. I don't even know what that. it's about. Like, I can't even make a joke right. about right. what it's about. The joke about. fails because yeah. I can't... <laughs> you know, the best you can do is you can pick up uh, a pop science book, like right. uh, The Greatest Show on Earth right. by Dawkins. Right. And you can read through an evolutionary biologist summarizing the data for lay people. That's as close to the evidence as lay people get. It's, 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 it's totally disingenuous to suggest that we can teach the controversy because you can't even teach the evidence. All you can do is, is teach summations of evidence. To lay people. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is a great article. Seven ways in which Rick Perry uh, wants to change the Constitution, um, and 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 I. Th- this is kind of insane. There's only one of these that is even I think even remotely rational. Um, first thing he wants to do is abolish lifetime tenure for federal judges by amending uh, Article 3, Section 1 of the Constitution. You know, if, this is the worst idea, I think, of this bunch. Um, the idea that you would force judges, then, to become tools of the political system. Right. That's the advantage to a judge, right? Is you get them in, and now it doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, win, lose, you're here. The only way to maintain impartiality is to uh, be involved in a system in such a way that you can't be kicked out of it. So you can't you don't have to worry about your fucking next paycheck. Look look at the problems with with, uh, you know, all the rest of our political system. Everybody is working so hard to get reelected all the time that they can't get any fucking work done because they're terrified of the 
the, you know, the fickle nature of the American people booting them out for, you know, not working. You want to do the same thing to judges? You want to mire judges in the same shit that our legislature is mired in? That's insane. Yeah, that's really dumb. Well, and then, I mean, what do you got to, you got to make them, you're forcing judges to become politicians then in a way. Right. And that's just a, that's not a good thing. We should be, we should be trying to get more or less people to be politicians, not more. I mean, it's a problem that our politicians are so much like politicians. Right. <laughs> Fuck. It's like they, they forget that they're supposed to be legislatures, yeah. legislators, you know, all they, all they are is full-time politicos. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and he also wants Congress to have the uh, power to override the Supreme Court with a two-thirds vote. Then why bother having a Supreme exactly. Court? Exactly. There's no reason to have a Supreme Court then because if you can just override them with a two-thirds vote, then just fucking dismiss that group. He also wants to get rid of the federal income tax. He wants to repeal the 16th Amendment. What does he want to do instead? I th- where's the money going to come from? I, you know, I'm fine with somebody saying get rid of the income tax, but give me a fucking valid option other than the income tax because, you know— the government has to function. The government has to do things. They do things for us. I know that people don't think they do, but the government does a lot of things, a whole lot of things for us. And you can't just defund the government and be like, well, now there's no more government. Yeah. Welcome to Somalia. Sure. Right. You, you know, this idea of like hyper libertarianism, you know, where the government is so small as to not exist, where you don't give them money and you don't fund them and it's. You know, there's no countries that have no government that function really well. Right. That doesn't that doesn't happen. What happens is the fucking rule of law breaks down because you've gotten rid of law because law is enforced by the government. Right. You cannot you, you can't have a safe and prosperous nation if you don't have government. There's legitimate arguments to be made about the size of government. You know, how big should we allow government to be And that? The fact that there's an ongoing debate about that is healthy. That's a good Absolutely. thing. Like, you know, we, we should always be looking at that and pissing and moaning about it and griping about it. You know, the, the day everybody agrees on the same thing is probably not a good day for the country. You know, you've got to have that healthy debate, that vigorous back and forth. Those are the things that keep ideas in check and make sure that, that no one idea spirals out of control. But... Yeah, <sighs> Really? You're going to get rid of all the money coming into the government? I want The two that I really want to talk about, the two that I think are the most uh, egregious on this list, and we'll post this list on our blog so you can take a look at all of them, but, you know, the last two, Tom, six and seven, I'm going to read them both. The federal constitution should define marriage as between one man and one woman in all 50 states, and abortion should be made illegal throughout the country. It does I... I always am confused with how the Republicans look at the world. Don't they want a small government? Like, don't they, aren't they always bitching about small government? How is it that you say the federal, first off, you're changing the Constitution, which should only be done, you know, in fucking, in very, 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 very extreme circumstances. I don't, I think you should just leave it alone. Just don't even consider changing it. But let's say you have to. Why would you want to create more, more, a bigger government to say, oh, you can't marry who you want. Why do you want to do that? Aren't you supposed to be small government? I mean, you make laws to protect people from being harmed, right? You don't make laws to make sure that stuff you think is icky doesn't happen. Right. But that's not, 
That's ridiculous. That's not like you said. That's not small government. That's it, when when the government is peeking in my bedroom to see what I'm doing. That's the biggest government. I mean, that's like right. That's crazy. Right. That's a spy cam government. Sure. But abortion should be made illegal throughout the country. Again, that's another piece of the government leaning in and saying you can't do certain things. Look, I I understand, and I'm I'm one of these people that um, I'm probably a, as far away from, you know, I'm still pro-choice, but I'm as close as you can get to, like, the pro-lifer type person while still being pro-choice. You, There's plenty of ways in which you can, you know, use contraception in our, you know, we, we, we can make it available. There's free rubbers anywhere you look. You can get a fucking free rubber. So don't, you know, you shouldn't be using this as birth control. But at the same time, I also recognize that it's not my fucking place to tell you what to do with your fucking body. It's not my place to look at you and be like, you know, waggle my fucking finger at you and be like, I disapprove of what you're doing with your own body. Fuck you. I shouldn't have any say in it. And neither should you. Well, you know, this is just another example, right, where these guys trust the states when they think the states are going to vote the way they want them to. And then they want federal law when they want, you know, when they think that the states are not going to vote the way they exactly. want right. them to. You know, everything else, you know, you read this guy and he's always saying, well, leave it up to the states, leave it up to the states. But this one will make a federal law about right. Why? Why would this, why is this issue a federal fucking issue? When all the rest of the time, it's all about states' rights. Well, it's because you're nervous you might not win. Well, sure, because you know, bec- because states' rights have already proven that people in this country, there's plenty of places in this country where homosexuals can get married. Right. There's plenty of places right. in this country where the state has already said, well, we've made that decision. There, there's no integrity to this idea of small government. It's really just, well, I want small government in the sense that when my issues are going to win, I can say states' rights. And I want big government, but shh, don't tell anyone. When I think states' rights are going to swing the way I don't want them to swing. And it always, it wasn't always like this. As near as I can tell, it wasn't always like this. The, the Republican Party has changed in the last 20 years to become like this. But I don't remember it being like this when I was young. No, I think, you know, it was hijacked by the religious right and then it became crazy. Like, I think they... The, the, the Republicans, for whatever reason, they saw the, the, these this group of, of rising um, religiously uh, minded voters and they saw them and said, like, let's let's organize them into a voting block. Yeah, they're too disparate. Let's make them into a voting block yeah. by, you know, creating a platform based around social issues. And, and in, the ter- in turn, they've they've abandoned, you know, all of the sense that the party used to make, all the balance that party used to provide. You know, now there's no balance between the two parties at all. They're both equally fucking nuts. Yeah. It's not a big surprise that Rick Perry's having a hard time understanding these concepts. His college transcripts just got released. <laughs> this is fucking embarrassing. I would be fucking mortified if these were oh, my transcripts. God. Oh, I, I cannot even imagine. Uh, I, there's a lot of things it turns out Rick Perry isn't good at. Um, school being among them. It looks like thinking thoughts. Yeah, thinking thoughts is, is also certainly, chief. Yeah, chief among them. 
Um, Rick Perry's grades, uh, not so good. Um, and by not so good, I mean, I mean pretty fucking awful, actually. Um, I'm just going to go down the list of some of the more egregious uh, grades that he has. It, it may take a moment. First of all, he was an animal, um, animal sciences major. Um, I think science is not his forte, no, given his no. uh, D in organic chemistry, um, his uh, C in physics, his F in organic organic chemistry too. How do you get an organic in or- chemistry two if you got a D in the first one? Um, I I think that possibly electing somebody to president who has a D in principles of economics. That's economics two o three. Two oh three. Two oh three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my. I'm fucking sorry, but it's a two oh three fucking class. Are you fucking serious? Oh my god. It is a ugh, president of the United States gets a fucking D in a two oh three class. It's fucking repulsive. Um, veterinary anatomy, a two oh two level class D. He got a D in feeds and feeding. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't. There's one of them here that looks like meats. Yeah, I don't know meats. what that is. I think it's, it's Keats, isn't it? I don't know what I it is. It's, it's an animal science. I hope class. it's meats. It's meats. It's got to be meats. It, that's We're uh, call it he meats. got a fucking yeah. D in that. He got a D in feeds and feeding. Like you said, that's fucking ridiculous. Writing for he professional got, uh, men is that what that is? I don't know. Writing English three hundred one D. Okay, but but Tom, you're, you're you're missing where he got his A's now, and I'm gonna read off all his A's. Okay, so here we yeah. go. I'm gonna read off all his A's. All right. Improv of I, learning A. Yeah. World mill systems. I think it's military systems. A. Keep going. I, no, that's it. That's that's, oh, that's the it. entirety that's of the his two A's. A's. Yeah. Is that what it is though? I mean, it's like what is course number A S two O one. I have no idea. It's got it's um, World Mill Systems, M I L. I'm guessing I think that's it's military. Be military systems. It's gotta yeah. be. But I don't. I mean, I don't yeah. know. But he got an A in it, so he, he knows what he's doing there. Yeah, I mean, he got a B in gym once. He got a C in it too once. A C in gym class. A, this is not a smart guy. No. Like it's just. I'm sorry. He's not a smart guy. This is a Texas A and M. Now I'm not disparaging Texas A and M. I'm not. I'm really not. But it's not Harvard, right? Right. I mean, it's not like it's not like he went to one of the one of the most difficult schools in the world, and it was just in over his head. He went to Texas A and M. I'm sorry, I don't care what fucking school you go to. Econ fucking two hundred three is not going to be a hard class. You show up, you know, as long as you're not fucking partying at the frat and you know skipping class, you're probably going to be fucking just fine in that class. I'm looking at just his 100 level classes right now, and I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight C's, eight C's in his 100 level That's classes. That's outrageous. That is insane. That's fucking insane. I don't want to. I don't want to point to grades as a, some sort of indicator of you know intelligence because there's obviously there's some, there's things that that are that are calculated into into somebody's intelligence and wisdom that is not. In, you know, in grades, you know, you roll the 3D6 and you see what you add and that sort of thing. But, you know, that that was a gamer joke, Tom. I didn't you didn't you missed it right no, over your head. Just no, wrong. yeah, that's not anyway, a thing. Um, you I know, do. there's there's other things that are calculated <laughs> in there. And 
And I don't want to say that grades only, because there are some people who just are not good at school. I get that. But this guy is not good at smarts, okay? Listen to this guy talk. This guy is not good at thinking. This guy is not good at what it takes to even process a thought. And grades are just an indicator of that. I will say, he did recently come out and say something that made a lot of sense to me. Um, Although he opposed the National Dream Act, um, which I think is ridiculous, um, he did support a main tenet of the bill that illegal immigrants can earn citizenship by serving honorably in the military. Um, Fucking bravo. That... That kind of thing needs to be said again and again. There's, I don't think there's any reasonable argument to be made where you say like, well, the guy served in our military, you know, honorably discharged from our military. Well, fuck him. Send him back. They just, there's got to be, you've got to do something to create paths for people. You have got to do I, that. I understand where you're coming from. Half of the bill is that. And I get that. And I say, okay, bravo on that. But who are you willing to turn away then? You're willing to turn away the brightest, you know, illegal immigrants and say, no, you can't have citizenship. These are the people who are able to make it into college and, you know, excel in college in our in our country. These are people with little or no opportunity that are able to make it to a very high level of education in our country. And we're willing to turn them away. We're willing to say, no, you know what? You're really fucking smart. And you did a, a whole lot of a whole lot with nothing. But we're willing to turn you away. That is that's a that's an awful, awful thing to do. I think that's you know, you're first off, you know, these people are here and you need to work or you need to figure out a way in which to help these people become part of our country and not try to push them away. I don't understand uh, anybody whenever they whenever they talk about, oh, those damn immigrants or whatever. That doesn't make any sense to me. When, when somebody has an anti-immigration policy, I don't understand where where their their thought process even comes from because this country was based on immigrants. There, there's no way to have that policy and, and be like, well, I got mine, you know, because that's what you're basically yeah. saying. Right. Is, well, I got mm-hmm. mine. I don't give yep. a fuck about anybody else. I don't care. Fucking burn them and fucking live at the border. I don't care. Pour some fucking kerosene on them because you don't care about anyone. Then You don't even care about your fellow man. Then if you don't care about. You know, if you don't care about people that are here, that are already here, that are working in a productive way, I understand the people that are like, oh, well, the criminals and whatever. Like, I don't like criminals anyway, whether they're illegal, illegal immigrants yeah, or no fucking kidding. regular That's a red criminal, herring, criminals. Doesn't matter. You're a fucking criminal. I don't like you, period. You should go to jail. If you're an illegal immigrant, great. Deport them, whatever you want to do. I don't care about that. What I care about is the productive people that come to this country, they work as hard as they can, and then they can't get fucking citizenship. And all the only way that, the, that he's saying they could get it is if they get into the military. No. I think the best and the brightest should have a, have a fast track to citizenship in this country. I think that you're neglecting a very important half of this bill. Oh, I agree. I mean, the DREAM Act, we, we talked about the DREAM Act. The DREAM Act should have been supported. It should have gone through. There should have been a, a path. To, what country turns away? What, what country reasonably looks and says, you know what I don't want? I don't want some really fucking bright people flooding into this country thinking their thoughts. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> right. not... That's that's what I don't want, you know. God bless America. <laughs> yeah. Get them out of here, boys. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. You. <laughs> the entire country is just Yosemite Sam. Like, that's the entire country is just Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Yosemite Sam did very poorly at Texas A&M. That's all I'm saying. Very, very poorly.
in her uh, non-candidacy candidacy tour tour, um, her husband, who this is a guy uh, who's never done her any good by speaking, by the way. Right. This is a guy. There's never been a time. I mean, she does herself very little good by speaking. But this is a guy who I don't think at any point he's ever anyone has ever said, man, that Todd Palin, he's a sharp one. Man. <laughs> Dude, he really got me. I got to tell you, man, Todd Palin really got me on that one. Never happened. <laughs> Never. In all the history of people that have known this guy. Anyway, uh, there's a great video um, of uh, Todd Palin being kind of cornered by somebody who's, you know, very upset. And she's like, hey, you know, what the fuck? Sarah Palin sold us out, ran for vice president and then just fucking abandoned everybody for celebrity, like for just just to be a celebrity. And, you know. What's the deal? And he basically says, well, look, we had a lot of debt. We needed the fucking money. Wow. Well, I can't blame her. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you come up with a more convincing story, no, though? No, you can't. Because because I think I think at this point it's obvious why she did it. She became a – you know, the moment she quit, she became a, fa- a Fox commentator. Um, she's getting paid by them. She wrote, what, two books – she had a yeah. movie done about her life, that going rogue movie or whatever it was. Oh, geez, don't, don't you know. know? I think it was called like The Victor. What was it called? God, what was the name I of that movie? I don't know. Going Rogue was her book. Yeah, what was the name of that movie? Hold on a second. Let me do a quick little search. Palin right. movie. Undefeated, I think, is what it was called. The Undefeated, was it? But she was defeated. <laughs> Yeah, like she didn't even she didn't even pick up on that key fact. It admittedly is false advertising, but I think it was the undefeated. Let me look here real quick. Oh gosh, I, safe search back on because Palin movie produces something else. <laughs> safe search, safe search. Okay, the undefeated it was called, not who's nailing Palin. Um, but <laughs> but it's funny because oh you know like like she has you know she had all this stuff that. That she went out and did right afterwards, right after she stepped down. What kind of person? Here's the thing that I want to say to people who think Sarah Palin is a good idea as a, as a legislator, as a as an executor or a legislator or whatever. She's good. She's going to be an executor, right? That's what she's trying to run for. Maybe we don't know yet. Maybe who knows what she's doing? It. She's just going around right. the country in a fucking in a RV, big giant RV, um, petitioning right. to have her face put on Mount Rushmore. But anyway, she's got. Here's what I would say to those people. She was an, an Alaskan governor and then decided midterm, nah. <laughs> so I don't know that I would trust her with, you know, oh. the, the all of it. You gave her one fiftieth of it and she said, nah, I don't know that this I want to go. Hard. Let's put her in. All th- We're fucking all in, Palin. I don't want her to get halfway through her term and just be like, mm, eh, eh. And just quit. It's a good thing that she's not a viable candidate, sure. I think. I think that's an advantage. Although, to have Michelle Bachman sort of fill her crazy God, shoes? No. Like, when, when Michelle Bachman slipped the ruby red slippers <laughs> off of Sarah Palin <laughs> and fucking put them on instead of clicking her heels down the yellow brick road of insanity, <laughs> I don't think any of us have won. Like, it's very hard to be like, woo, yeah. Palin seems out of the picture. Yeah. Well... Glad we got Bachman and Perry. That's the thing that's with Perry that scares me is he's one of those regular old guys. I'm just a good old boy. You know, I'm Well, that'll never work out of Texas. 
And that's the scary fucking thing, right? Because that shit worked before, and it worked not just for fucking one term, okay? That worked for a long time. So that's scary in itself. So Perry, I'm not, I'm not willing to chunk into that, into that sort of inserted into that sort of demographic. But I will say, with with Bachman, I think she is visibly more crazy and unhinged than Sarah Palin is. So her being in the race, to me says there's going to be more people who are just going to be like, no, 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 that's not a good idea. Whatever she is, whatever kind of creature they've fucking genetically created to be Michelle Bachman, we are not interested in it. We don't, we don't <laughs> care what you say. We're not interested in it. But Palin had this sort of folksy going rogue thing, and she had a lot of charm, and a lot of people fell for it. And I think she was a, a scarier contender, I think, than, than Bachman. While Bachman's policies and thoughts are scarier, I think that, you know, she can't, Hide those things. Yeah, Palin's chances were yeah. better. For all the fun it is to make fun of Michelle Bachman, I don't think she's going anywhere. I don't think she's got any right. legs on her I candidacy. Hope I really God, don't. I hope not. There's how is she going to motivate the middle? I, like she's just going to be like, and <laughs> <laughs> that's the, nothing she says makes she's any just sense. Stand to there and be like, you're a Jehovah God. You're a Jehovah God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy person. In, in additional crazy leadership news, um, Kim Jong-il um, visited Russia recently. Now, Kim Jong-il doesn't usually leave North Korea. I I don't blame him, to be honest No, with I you. don't either. If I were Kim Jong-il, I wouldn't leave North Korea very often. A, it can't be terribly safe. You're nuts. Yeah, like, sure. You're a fucking lunatic. But B, I would be so jealous, right? Like, you, when you're in North Korea, it's got to be easy to think easier at least to insulate yourself and be like this is this is really the way the world is this is really the way the world is <laughs> but once you leave and go virtually anywhere else and see wow liberia for everyone. instance <laughs> oh no but you've got at some point you've got to look around and be like why are all the other leaders doing better than me yeah you know be like this guy is clearly the last picked in dodgeball you know what i mean oh. like he's just Sitting in the playground alone. Um, anyway, this is kind of a scary visit. He went to Russia. He hasn't been there since 2002. Um, and they held some talks about uh, putting a pipeline through North Korea um, to South Korea. Um, this is a this is kind of a terrifying idea. The idea that North Korea would be in any way responsible for a pipe of any sort. Like they they shouldn't be responsible for anything cylindrical in general. <laughs> like that's a shape that should be not allowed. But the idea that a gas pipeline um that feeds South Korea, the sworn enemy of North Korea. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a fucking sworn enemy of North Korea. Um that, that that would run through crazy town. That's that is a fucking terrifying idea. Well, I am leery of anyone even remotely trying to do any kind of business with this guy. Don't try to right. don't try to just just forget he exists. Don't try to pr- put any trade on him or anything like that. Eventually, people are going to realize in that country that, you know, he's a fucking crazy person and we need to get get him out of there because, uh, you know, there's there's. These people are starving there. They're starving. Tom, you saw a documentary recently that showed how crazy it was there. We've talked in the past about how nutty it is in North Korea. North Korea is a scary, scary place on Earth. And it needs to be uh, either, you know, you need to get in there and depose the leader and get him out of there. Uh, or you need to just let that thing break down on its own because it's bound to break down on its own if you leave it alone. 
Yeah, you certainly can't trust him to be a, a, a reasonable actor in a business transaction. I mean, you're going to run a pipeline through, and then now they've got your pipeline. That, that's a, that is a terrible thing to do. You're just like, well, I, I thought I could trust Kim Jong-il. Yeah. Like, how does that sentence end in a way that doesn't make you sound like an asshole? Yeah. I really thought I had a handshake agreement with... I mean, this is a guy who's crazy. He is fucking insane. All you need to do is watch the mass games. They have these mass games there that they put on just for him because he likes them. He like He likes... They go on for fucking weeks at a time and they're just crazy it's like it's like a spectacle of madness his whole country is a spectacle of madness and you're gonna do business with him i wouldn't sell this guy a gallon of milk I'd be afraid he'd pour it all over his head and cluck like a chicken <laughs> he's nuts actually i would sell him a gallon of milk if he'd do that <laughs> like if he promised to pour it over his head and cluck like a chicken i'd be like you know what you could just have the milk for free how's that <laughs> I think our last story of the day. Um, Let's end on a depressing is, note, Tom. What do you say? Well, we started on one, so why not? Bookends. Um, <laughs> America and Afghanistan are close to signing a pact, um, which would allow thousands of American troops to remain in the country until at least 2024. Um, I, I got to say, first of all, if we're there until 2024, we're there forever. Right. I mean, we're just there. I mean, it's just... We just America signs a pact to stay in fucking Afghanistan forever. Um, once you're there, 23 years after the precipitating event that caused us to invade Afghanistan, we just fucking like some people just fucking live there, right. and that's it. Um, I think this is a, a, a terrible idea. We, we need to reduce the amount of foreign intervention um, and not, exp- you know, extend our commitments fucking ad infinitum for another decade there's got to be some you know there's there's obviously things over there that that we want to protect our interests in right there's some sort of business interests that are there that we're paying you know the military to protect these interests because there's no reason for us to be over there for that long you know at this point the guy we went over there the one guy we went over there to kill we've killed the government that we went over there supposedly to oppose, even though we technically really weren't even involved in that until they said, no, you can't have this guy. The Taliban is really out. I mean, I know that yep. there's still a force over there, but, you know, at a, at a certain point you want to say, well, this is something that other people have to deal with. Uh, you know, I understand that that they were they were removed by us and, and we didn't want them in there, but I think we didn't want them in there because they said no. Like we were mad. I understand. And I and I'm not going to I'm not going to get down on the U.S. for what they did over there. I think, you know, initially, uh, I think a lot of people were behind what was happening in Afghanistan. And I think I was one of those people. I was angry. Uh, I wanted to wield the sword of the U.S. military against someone we did. And, you know, we appeased a lot of people. But at this point, we're you know, we need to we need to really consider some exit strategies that don't involve a quarter of a century somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. You, you know, I, I know that we want to be close to Iran. Um, this is really just a way they say in this, too, that they're not establishing bases. Well, we're not establishing bases. Come on. Yeah, you fucking are. You know, 
if you've got thousands of American troops, whether there are bases or whether yeah. they're Afghanistan's yeah. bases, um, let's be real honest. If we want them to be our bases, all we have to do is say, my base. Yeah. And now it's our base. So, yeah, okay, it's Afghanistan's base in name alone. But, you know, the, the real truth is, hey, man, we'd like to be close to Pakistan and Iran. That's what we'd like. We want to, we want to sit here where we can intervene in more places across the world as often as we'd like with strategic impunity. Well, another thing that costs a lot of lives too, Tom, is when they – like there's not a good track record of people taking over fucking Afghanistan, okay? Right. There's not a good track record of that. The Soviets tried to do it in you know in the 80s, I think it was, or in the 70s or 80s, and they got fucking yeah. hammered. We tried to do it too. The thing is is that it's, it's a country that allows people to hide – they can do a lot of guerrilla warfare on you, and they can, they can hide there, and there's a lot of places to hide, and you just can't find them. And it's a war you can't win with the type of military we have. It's just a war we can't win. It's a war we can't we can't control what happens over there. So what we need to do is just step away and say, you know what? If you do anything wrong in the future, we're going to step in again. But, you know, here's your country. Do what you got to do. You know, we're going to let you be, you know, whatever you want to be until you do something really stupid again, and then maybe we'll step back in again. We got, we got some good email. We got some uh, ratings on iTunes. We appreciate all of the ratings on iTunes. Um, we really do. So if you've got an iTunes account, we would encourage you to keep going on there and, and rate us. Um, iTunes sees that. Yeah, and rate us what you think we're worth. You know, last time we were kidding around about five, somebody came in and gave us a one. Although it seemed like a positive rating, they were like, oh, well, you guys asked for a five. Look, rate us what you think you, you we're worth. I mean, we were just kidding around. Obviously, we were joking around with, what well, you know, we deserve a five or whatever. Rate us what you think we should get if you want to rate us on iTunes. It's just a nice way for people to see, hey, uh, you know, this this podcast obviously has a lot of followers. Um, look on, you know, the really major podcast. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reviews from people who just took the time out of their day to say, hey, I really like this podcast. I'd like other people to know I like this podcast. Rating on iTunes, though, I think comes secondary to telling other people about the podcast, Tom. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've gotten a lot of people to tell one other person about what's going on, and we've gotten a good response that way. So my suggestion, if you if you want to help us out, if you like the show and you like what we're doing and you'd like to see us produce more shows, my suggestion would be just go on Either share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it on Google+. Uh, if you want to blog about it, you know, you could put a blog about it. If you want to put a post on Reddit about it, put a post on Reddit or some other message board that you're involved in. Tell people about it. Tell one friend. You know, what I would do is if I had friends that wanted to hear it and I was on Facebook, I would just share the post that we put and maybe put a couple ats at people. Say, hey, at Tony, I think you'd like this podcast so that they actually get a chance to take a look at it and listen to it. Tell the people, you know, sort of target aim at the people that you think would enjoy it. And uh, so far, we've gotten a lot of great feedback. So I'm going to go into some of the messages that we've gotten. Um, <clears throat> I, I really think your show will keep growing. It's got a lot of humor about current events like Stewart's and Colbert's show. Uh-huh. That's a fucking that's a, hefty comparison. That's a, Jesus. a huge stretch. <laughs> Those people are professional wow. and funny. So <laughs> right. they've got a team of writers. They do. Yeah. I wake up thirty minutes before we record. That's my. <laughs> I'm sleeping twenty minutes through our recording. So. <laughs> but also gets serious a lot too. It's really opened up my thinking about what's going on in the world. It's remarkable how most people don't ever stop and think about anything critically. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, John. 
Um, we did get some disagreement with our coverage of the riots. You know, I know we have some some listeners um, who are in the UK. I'd love to hear from you guys about your thoughts on the riots. I'd love to have a conversation on our page on Cognitive too. Distance website. Too. That would be that would be fantastic. Noah disagrees with us. Says. The riots in London are perpetrated by the same people who commit crime and destroy their community on a less spectacular way, of course. As a matter of course. As a matter of course. If they were generally interested in improving their community and inequality, they would not be taking actions that would make their community and inequality even worse. They riot for days. I think that's he's quoting me there because London's government is unwilling or unable to deploy measures to stop them. Also, the riots are being done by people from all racial backgrounds. Um, So I. I disagree with your take on it, Noah, but I do appreciate you coming to us with your feedback. Yeah, absolutely. This, I think, is, is a conversation I'd love to see on our Facebook page. I'd love to see this on our website. Um, you know, go on to either of them because we, we've got listeners who are going to be much closer to this sure. action, so to sure. speak. I, I, you know, when, when you say this, I want to just, just talk directly to Noah real quick. When you say that, you know, these crimes are done by people who commit this stuff in a less spectacular way every day, then why, why do the riots stop and why did they start? Because there had to be some sort of catalyst to start them. If they're just people who just riot because that's what they want to do, then they would be rioting right now because you said that the government is unwilling to deploy measures to stop them. Well, then why didn't they continue and why didn't they why, – why did they start at a, stir, a certain point? There had to be something that started it. And everything that I look towards is that the, that Dugan person was shot and there was a protest and that's what sparked it. The, the, the closest thing I can connect it to, Tom, in our recent history is Rodney King, right? When Rodney King was beaten and then the, the – you know, when Rodney King was beaten and that footage came out, nobody rioted. When Rodney King's people, the people who beat Rodney King went through the justice system and didn't get any time, riots sparked. Yep. And those people – they burned down their own neighborhoods. They beat people up in their own neighborhoods. They were very angry. But the catalyst for that to start, the thing that started all that was the, the verdict for Rodney King. So so there was some sort of political issue that caused the riots, and then they went on for, for, for a while there. So that's what, I'm, that's what we were saying before is there's something that caused it. Something had to cause it because if there wasn't, they would just be rioting forever. You don't, get, you don't wake up on the third day of a riot and stretch and wipe your eyes and be like, oh, God, time to go rioting for no reason yeah. <laughs> at all. God, man, what have I not looted today? Let me see. Let me see. That's just – that's not how that – I mean it's just not how it works. I mean you, 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 rioting comes from rage and anger. You know, that's – that's where that comes from. And it's not like I, I, I have a hard time believing that there's just a segment of ne'er-do-wells who like – do they all like text each other like ne'er-do-well384 at yahoo.com. Uh, meet me in street at 4 p.m. for riot. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> like how does that work? You know? Right? It doesn't – Well, it, clearly there has to be some event like you said which motivates people in mass. Because they're not organizing to be criminal, you know. I'm not suggesting a criminal element doesn't exist in every society. Certainly they do, some larger, some smaller. And they they commit criminal acts, and they should be condemned roundly for those And there's probably people in this riot that are hanging on that are saying, fuck, man, I get a free TV out of this. I can fucking break something. That's fucking awesome. I'm sure those people exist. Absolutely, those people exist. And I don't, I don't discount that, but I, I think that, I think that there's more to it than just people that are just bad people that wanted to do something bad. And you got to ask yourself, 
Two, why are they in such a bad way? Why are these people bad people that want to do bad? Is there Are there any outside extenuating circumstances that are making them bad? Most of the most uh, crime-filled areas in our country, in the United States, are poverty-stricken areas. So what makes their what makes what's a good uh, correlation between crime and poverty? Why do those pe- people that are poor why are they more involved in crime than other people who are you know more affluent? Why what's the connectors there? And you know those connectors are pretty easy to see. So maybe that you know you're dealing with people who are involved in a lot of you know that have you know, that are in crushing poverty and they have nowhere else to turn. So there might be some other things involved. I see which I see where you're coming from. And what you're saying, Noah, is what a lot of people are saying about it. Yep. So I'm not I'm not going to discount what you're saying, but it just a lot of factors don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, we also got an, a message from Mike. Hey, guys, I know less than you on iTunes. So sorry about the inability to validate your efforts with stars. <laughs> I want you to send me gold fucking stars. That's what I, I want. I love that statement. That is a fucking. When I get 10 of them, I get my book it's at prize. a fucking great statement. Like, you have to fucking. Here's your stars. It's almost like he's patting us on the head. That's I know. fucking awesome, man. Way to go, Mike. I'm also not much of a letter to the editor kind of person and in general feel some discomfort giving sycophantic responses. But I've been listening to all these atheist podcasts for a couple of months, and some are really good. And I've now concluded that you guys are the best. I like you too, Mike. (laughs) Fucking, all I have to say is about time you came around. I mean, what the fuck? He goes on, you guys are fucking perfect. (laughs) Tell me something I don't know. (laughs) Only when I listen to you do I laugh out loud enough for the neighbors to hear. And what's more, it's that you are smart and informed and informing. You're like the quintessential funny smart friend who you go to for perspective on all the maddening nonsense in the world. And I like that you keep it political, unlike these other shows that pretend two things. One, not everything is politics, which of course it is. And two, there are potential conservative GOP listeners out there. Yeah, right. Uh, You know, the one thing that's sad about this email is that it's addressed to the point of inquiry, guys. I, you know, I, <laughs> thank you, Mike. I think this is great. Mike, at the end of his letter, says uh, he wants to get active in church-state issues. Um, so if we had any suggestions on how to start. Mike, that uh, what we did was start a podcast. Uh, so, uh, so that's what we did to get involved in that sort of thing. Um, but I really, you know, I, I wish I knew a way in which uh, somewhere to point you other than you say, you know, most atheist groups appear to be confined to online organizations. That's really where I would send you is online. Um, I don't really know of anybody who who would be able to help you. But what I will say is let's put a call out to our listeners. Uh, if you have a way in which to get involved in either political issues that, that deal with atheist uh, – Atheist issues that also, you know, those those two things combine. If there's some way in which for you to get involved in that, post it on our Facebook page. You know, you can recruit through us. Use us as a recruiting tool. You're this is a way in which for you to meet other atheists, meet other people that have the same ideas as you. So use use the space that we provide, the Facebook and the comment section on our blog, to talk to other people that listen to the show. Uh, right now we have 70 people or so that like us on Facebook. Um, that's sort of going a little slower than our actual downloads. So if you want to get involved in a conversation, go to Facebook and like us on Facebook and then jump into the conversation and you can, you know, you can find out different ways in which to, you know, maybe work with your community and work with the other people that are involved in these sorts of issues. Yeah. I I would really love to see our, our podcast be a place for people to meet. I think that would be, I think that would be awesome. I think that would be terrific. So, and certainly those people exist and they're, you know, for whatever reason, there's some really smart people that are listening to this show. 
There's not some yeah. really smart people who actually do the show. Yeah, but the people who listen, they're pretty swift. So, yeah, just if you want to post something on there and if you have some sort of cause that you want to champion that is, you know, that has an atheist or skeptic or liberal or, you know, heck, even conservative causes. I'm not going to, you know, as long as it's not like fucking let's put the Ten Commandments up somewhere, I'm not going to delete it from our page, <laughs> you know. So if you have some sort of cause that you want to champion, you know, go ahead and put it on our page. See if other people will get involved in it. Carlo is the last person who commented, and I just want to read this this really quick, Tom. Carlo says, another great episode, Demonic Amaterasu, and he says, doesn't that sound like a Dragon Ball Z character for the win? I got to agree, the Demonic Amaterasu that we talked about last time, the uh, fire goddess, so to speak, that had sex with everybody in Japan, uh, that was a lot of fun to talk about because people, it really showcases the crazy that exists in the world. That's a hot pocket, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's, You've been wanting to say that I have. Week. I've been wanting to <laughs> it take, Tom texts me after the last show, and he's like, oh, my God, I surely should have had this joke. I should have said this joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving it up. I you see Carlos send the email. I'm like, oh, I got place for my hot pocket joke. <laughs> I'm 11 years old. That's a lot of people. I my know, voice deepened early, but a lot of yeah. people. Would be surprised. You know what? You know what deepens your voice is sex with a fire it goddess. Did. That deepens. It, de- it actually should raise your voice a little bit. Uh, That'll put so, some uh, hair on your chest. You- I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, as usual, please spread the word about our podcast. Uh, you know, like we said, all the different ways in which you can get in touch with us. Remember that you can leave a voicemail. We'll play your voicemail. If you want to leave a, leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 740-743-6828. That's 740-74-DOUBT. Long distance rates apply. You can send us an email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave a comment on our blog. Talk to us on Facebook. Talk to us on Twitter. Go to our site at dissonance-podcast.blogspot.com, and you can find all these different ways in which to download the show, subscribe to the show, buy Android apps and or shirts if you're interested <laughs> in shirts and garbage and junk. We sell that stuff, too. Um, it's, but uh, there's ways in which to share our podcast, so we encourage everybody to do that. Uh, and as always, Tom. Uh, We're going to leave everybody with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. Thank you for listening to Cognitive Dissonance. If you want to reach us by phone, you can call us at 740-743-6828. That's 740-74-DOUBT. Long distance rates apply. Send us an email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at Dissonance underscore pod. <laughs>